This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Back, it's a new edition of the Lions 24-7 podcast. Tyler Donahue, Sean Fitz, along with you once again. And we've got news on the 2022 recruiting cycle as Penn State picks up its first commitment for 2022. Caden Saunders is the name to know. Wide receiver out of Ohio. Committed on Saturday afternoon. We had a ton of coverage up on Lions247.com. This is a name that has been on the radar for a long time. Offered as a freshman. And uh, he commits 15 months later to start off the 2022 class. We're going to actually hear from Kanan Saunders here on the Lions 24-7 podcast. Caught up with him uh, within a couple of days of his recruitment. Hear about what led to that decision. And may he have company in the 2022 class very soon. We'll talk about that possibility in a moment. But Sean, this is a guy in Kanan Saunders who was one of the earlier names to know on the Penn State's 2022 target board guy who is playing high school football about 15 miles away from Ohio Stadium outside of Columbus. So uh, a lot to like about this pickup. He's a four-star wide receiver when you look at both the composite rankings and 24-7 sports rankings. Yep. He's a guy that's been on the uh, on the board for a long, long time. Um, his recruitment kind of reminds me of Ricky Slade's back in the day. I mean, this is a guy that they got on campus as a freshman very early, uh, came back you know, just kept coming back. And I know there was a little bit of a speed bump when Jared Parker left uh, to go to West Virginia, which is why the Mountaineers were, were so heavily in the mix coming down the stretch. But uh, this is one that stuck out because of the relationships, mainly at the top with James Franklin and the Saunders family. They were able to, uh, you know, sort of secure their place, even with the the chaos and the movement of, of, of assistant coaches moving around. So, uh, this is something that uh, really, you know, just when you talk about relationships, when you talk about the, the strongest of relationships in the class, especially to add a guy as your first commitment for the class, this is kind of the blueprint for that. And, you know, new offensive coordinator, new receivers coach, uh, new potential offense, things like that. That's a lot of things to talk through for uh, for a prospect that's, you know, of Saunders caliber. The Notre Dame offer was certainly real. That that was certainly one that, uh, you know, made him think as well. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's a really, really good job of Penn State or by Penn State getting you know that trust factor through that relationship through and all of a sudden ending up with your first commitment in the class of uh, of 2022 this I mean he beat uh, we're going to talk about Jerry Cross a little bit later uh, who, who was set to announce on on Tuesday evening but you know kind of set him up beat him to the punch and that's not really what we saw coming what two weeks ago or, or something like that so really good job closing here by the staff it's, uh, you know as a slot receiver all the way I think he's you know right around 510 but the speed is certainly there um you know one of the things that 
that I look to more so than that 40 time is that shuttle time. And he had the second fastest shuttle of any prospect at the National Underclassman Combine in San Antonio back in January with a 408. That's a pretty good starting point when you're, uh, you know, that young in the process and, and can get that done. So, uh, a lot to like about Caden Saunders. Yeah. You know, you throw him in the slot. He's, he's mentioned KJ Hamler before as a guy that he would like to emulate. So, you know, they'll take another KJ Hamler, right? You mentioned that 408, uh, 666 is the 60 yard dash time that they have on prep, prep baseball report. Uh, we'll speak in a moment about, uh, his potential as a two sport athlete. But yeah, KJ Hamler was a name that was, was not just thrown around when, you know, by people when you turn on the film and, and kind of look for, for the way this kid plays and how he might fit. But that's, that's a name that was directly used by the Penn State coaching staff during the course of this recruitment. I remember Caden talking about, uh, being on the field for pregame warmups last year before a matchup and, and and hearing that I think it was from coach Parker uh, about the way they utilize KJ about why they feel that Caden could come in and, and and do some of those similar things and that extends to special teams where kickoff returns punt returns Saunders once he gets to a college campus uh, you would assume is going to factor in uh, for those kind of roles and, and he's a guy who have five foot ten 172 pounds uh, you like where, where where the frame is now and where you think it can get um, I, I also think with Caden Saunders you know who Arizona State Michigan Notre Dame um, some of West Virginia those are some of the schools that were in the mix here with him I think you feel really good about this because last episode we discussed the the potential minefield that that coaching staffs are looking to cross with this 2022 class and trying to get off to a strong start without compromising how you want to build a class and and taking commits from from guys who have not visited yet we may see that with Jerry Cross very soon but with Saunders he had done his diligence on campus has that track record has that background of what life is like um, for you know a, a Penn State student athlete you know, from these visits sees what a game day looks like, has a good feel for the campus, and 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 ultimately bumped up his decision. I think that's what you really like about this if you're a Nittany Lions fan. This is a kid who had scheduled a you know, mid to late September decision correlating with his birthday. You're looking at the first month of his junior year. That was just about last week where he said, yeah, I think I'm still on track to, to announce in September. We'll see if something changes there. And, and in my mind, I'm thinking if something changes, that probably means he's going to push it beyond September. So he can take some of these visits, check out some of these schools that are that are further along uh, than a car ride away. Instead, bumps it all the way up here into July. Penn State is the pick. And, and this is a kid who, who determined ultimately, as he told 24-7 Sports, that he felt like he found the right spot and he didn't see much point in, in kicking the can down the road and, and waiting to announce a decision. And I'm sure the Nittany Lions appreciate that. Yeah, and that to me says that he's looking to take a leadership role in this class. I mean, you look at, uh, you know, the very easily could have waited until September or his options really wouldn't have changed, especially in the current situation. So that tells me he wants to be some sort of leader in this class. We'll see. You'll talk to him a little bit later. We'll see what his plans are for for filling the spots around him. But this is a very vocal guy. This is a guy that's very uh, present on social media. And, and once again, that's a that's a very good way to start a class. I mean, there's a couple different ways that, that we've seen, uh, you know, just in the last couple of years, Penn State start it. And, you know, those vocal guys usually turn into, uh, you know, some of your better recruiters, some of your better – I mean, it's more of a trust factor when you're talking about peer recruiting. And Saunders is a guy that I think can can talk it out with some guys and, and hope they can get on board with him uh, going 
going back to on-field production, um, really didn't have the numbers that I think many would have thought, uh, 17 catches last year, but he did play running back. He eventually stepped in at quarterback when their uh, senior quarterback went down with an injury late in the year. So has done a lot of things. Uh, I, I see him as a slot guy all the way. I see him as a kick returner all the way. Reading back, um, you know, the best of the Midwest combine back when we were allowed to do uh, camps and combines back in February, ran two sub four, five, 40 yard dashes, including a four, four, four flat. Um, so that's, uh, it's a pretty good start to, to, to go with those, uh, shuttle numbers that we talked about earlier. Um, was the top performer on the offensive side of the ball at that combine. Um, and I think that, you know, if they play football in Ohio this year, if he has the opportunity to have a, a junior season, his probably going to be a pretty good junior season because you know he's electric it's it, it you know those numbers say one thing but you look at uh, the schools that were pursuing him and, and doing so uh, vigorously down the stretch uh, that's a that's a good sign obviously the the thing that's going to come up and the thing that comes up with with Saunders every time we talk about him on our board at Lions 24-7 is no Ohio State offer they wanted him as a corner um, you know I I, I kind of get it. He's got that uh, shifty change of direction. He's got very good balance as well. Um, but this is a guy that wants to play receiver. This is a guy that seems uh, very well bought into what uh, James Franklin and the staff have, uh, you know, have, have been preaching to him. And he's also bought into Taylor Stubblefield. And I know it's been a rough run for Taylor Stubblefield over the last couple of months with uh, the Maryland three going elsewhere and, and, you know, just things sort of piling up in the 2021 class. But Good start in 2022 with Caden Saunders. Uh, there's a lot to like out there in 2022 in terms of receivers with Anthony Ivey uh, in Pennsylvania and Mackay Flowers in Pennsylvania. Even Darius Clemens out in Oregon um, has a crystal ball pick in for Penn State, uh, but uh, it's uh, very early in his recruitment. So be interesting to see how this receiver class comes together once they get a little bit of stability, once uh, Stubblefield can get uh, be, be a little bit more present in their recruitments be on the sidelines of their games, host these guys for visits. So, you know, a step forward for Taylor Stubblefield, and that hasn't been the easiest last couple of months for him. Certainly seems like a, a significant step for Stubblefield, who uh, picks up this four-star to start off the 2022 class. And and Saunders, you mentioned the versatility on offense, playing all over the place. It didn't result in big numbers. You know, I remember when he passed along those stats again last week, you know, just to confirm them, fewer than 400 receiving yards doesn't wow you, but he is all over the field. And that, you know, defensively, he said, you know, just last week, Ohio State wants to see some more film of him at defensive back. They want to get a longer look there. But I, you could tell his tone last week compared to where it was when I spoke with him in, in, in spring of 2019. Michigan State and Penn State were the first two teams to offer him during that, uh, you know, late February, early March. So as winter transitions to spring, all of a sudden he's got Penn State, Michigan State, things are brewing for him. And at that stage, you know, you mentioned Ohio State. He said an offer would be amazing. I mentioned Ohio State last week, and he says, well, I'd have to f see how I would feel about Ohio State offering and, and what that opportunity would look like. You know, if you got a lot, if you had other teams saying, hey, we like you at receiver, we want the ball in your hands, we want you to make things happen with the football, and you've got this outlier, Ohio State, saying maybe we would consider offering you a scholarship, but we'd like you on defense. That's going to, you know, potentially screw with your perception of a program. And with Ohio State, they were situated here as as the early childhood fan team. Uh, this is a kid who grew up rooting for the Buckeyes as a as a young football fan, and and now all of a sudden, you know, major switch where he's going to the team that is, uh, you know, feels like they have the best case to be made to to knock off Ohio State from that Big Ten pedestal. So whenever Caden Saunders is wearing his Penn State gear around his hometown now, from now to when he's enrolling and eventually when he gets to campus and heads home, you know, he really is in the neighborhood 
with the Buckeyes back home. I, I, I've covered uh, an event out there at the, uh, I think it was an Elite 11 regional, and I believe it was at Westerville South High School. It's right around the corner, Sean, from Ohio Stadium. And, and now you've got Penn State commitment number one of the 2022 class. Uh, very interesting dynamic for him and his friends and his family to, to chew on these next few years. Westerville South, of course, the high school of Penn State legend Kajana Carter, uh, you know, uh, a- a- Antonio Shelton's from Westerville North. I mean, they, they're, there's some sort of presence out there. I mean, if let's be honest, if a kid in that area has an Ohio State offer, it's very likely he's going to Ohio State. The numbers absolutely stack up that way. But this is a situation where Penn State did a really, really good job recruiting him very early, and it paid off. I mean, it's it's just one of those uh, one of those things. So. Uh, big, big pickup for Penn State and Caden Saunders, also a good baseball player. And I know, um, you know, we talked, uh, we had this conversation about Lonnie White in the 2021 class, but Caden uh, Saunders, really, really good baseball player, really good all-around athlete. You know, he's he's your leadoff guy, speed guy, obviously. Um, but uh, I'm not sure that he does play at the next level, but certainly I think he, you know, he has that opportunity, or he would have that opportunity. Uh, he does have the skill set and the, and the athletic ability to do so at the next level. Perfect game is one of the the leading talent evaluators. When you look online for for baseball prospects, they had Saunders listed as a preseason All American honorable mention in the Central Region. So uh, he certainly does carry some clout on the baseball field. Halfway through high school, we'll get into this with with him in the conversation about where he sees his future. But it seems to be a storyline in his recruitment that has gone from yeah, I'm going to play both to. Now that I have the numbers in front of me and, and the realistic uh, path that this will require to play two college sports, maybe I'm going to press pause on that idea. And, and, and that's okay. You know, you get a lot of players at a young age saying they want to play multiple sports, and, and that's a great thing to pursue. You hear James Franklin uh, speak about it. It's good to see a player dominate or excel in, in multiple sports. It, it, sh- it shows something about them um, as an athlete and, and their versatility, all that different stuff. But it's certainly tough to do when you reach this level. Uh, we've talked about it with some wide receivers in the past. Matt Kippenhammer came to town, ended up breaking through as a starter, uh, as an outfielder with Penn State baseball. Didn't really materialize as a wide receiver with the Nittany Lions. He's moved on to Miami of Ohio. And then, of course, Lonnie White, who you're talking about. We're waiting to see uh, if maybe Major League Baseball uh, you know, draft status, could that impact uh, his ability to get to Penn State or, or maybe his outlook for his athletic future, a high-level talent who was committed to Clemson to play that sport. So something to, to look ahead to a little bit. We'll address that uh, with Caden Saunders himself. But Sean, this is one that, as you said, kind of kind of sprinted to the finish line and, and beat out Jerry Cross for that first spot. As we anticipated you know, coming here on Tuesday night, Jerry Cross announcing. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, so there may be company in this class quickly. But in terms of, of, of building out during a pandemic, and we talked about the challenges of this uh, with the 2022 class last time around. Um, do you think this was a positive surprise of sorts for the Penn State staff? Uh, maybe they thought Caden Saunders was going to be a long-term part of this group and, and that it would happen eventually. But do you think that this happening before we even get into August uh, was something that kind of lands in their lap as, as, uh, as a positive development that maybe they weren't anticipating that lash? Well, they, I mean, this is something they talked about for a while. And, you know, when you got those relationships, you feel good, you feel good, you feel good. But sometimes, you know, you feel too good and, and it gets away from you. Um, that's not a situation that happened here. So I don't know if I categorize it as a surprise. I think it's very interesting when you take a look at 
you know, how this 2022 class could start. You've got a guy that, you know, with Caden Saunders that you've been recruiting since he was a freshman. That relationship's been there. You've built that out. You've, I mean, we talk, we talk about strategic relationships. You've built that one out, you know, before he was a prospect, essentially. And then you've got Jerry Cross, who up until a couple of weeks ago hadn't spoken to James Franklin. I mean, <laughs> right, this is, right. I, I would love to pin down, you know, what the strategy is here or what they've done to, to you know, put themselves in this position. But really there's no right answer because these are two polar opposite recruitments with you know a similar outcome if we assume that cross is going to commit to, to Penn State on to, to Penn State on Tuesday evening so uh, it's just a funny situation because you know you, you somebody asked in my chat or one of these threads what happened you know how do you come about and build this 2022 class well I mean so far if you're if you go two for two you've got no formula to do so so I, <laughs> I, I don't know how that's going to come about Um you know, it's a strong start. You got two guys that are in the top 247 rankings. Uh, one guy's very well out of the region. One guy's kind of on the fringe of that region. But you look back closer to home, you know, do you get kickstarted? I know, you know, there's been some buzz about Bo Pregula, the quarterback from Central York. And, you know, you get a quarterback on board early. Obviously, that that helps things at other positions. And I think that's a mailbag question that we'll get to later. But, uh, you know, you, you kind of keep building out from there. So I don't think there is a right answer in terms of what – they did or what you have to do to get in position to go. But, you know, they've, they've started getting gone. I mean, we, we ended the, the conversation last week talking about 2022 commits and Penn State had none. And now by the end of the week, uh, you know, they have two. And uh, it's uh, it's really going to be a situation where uh, you don't know where they're, you know, sometimes things are going to pop up and you're not sure where they're going to be coming from. So I think it's a good issue to be in. It's better than the issues that we've seen them deal with in the 2021 class. But uh, yeah, really, so no no rhyme or reason. And, you know, it's going to continue the theme of the 2021 class when you talk about what's coming in 2022. Recruitments are very rarely a one size or one method fits all process. But that is particularly the case here. Look at these two examples. Caden Saunders has a really good feel for Happy Valley. Uh, Cross is just hoping he likes it when he eventually gets to campus, I suppose, as a potential Penn State commit. Uh, we're going to talk about that second commitment, uh, potential for a second commitment coming your way in just a moment. Uh, but first, a word from Caden Saunders, who has joined this 2022 recruiting class ahead of anyone else. What led him to make this decision? What is he looking forward to at Penn State? And how is he going to help build this class now that he's taking on that role of a leader for 2022 with the Nittany Lions? Stay with us. A quick word from our sponsors, then you'll hear from Caden Saunders. The 2022 Penn State recruiting class underway over the weekend. The first commitment coming in the form of a pledge from Caden Saunders on Saturday afternoon. He puts out his announcement and becomes commitment number one for the 2022 class. As we spoke about, a second commitment may be just around the corner, but let's focus on the first right now. Caden, big decision for you. Yeah, it was. It it's a great decision for me and my family um, all together. Why was Penn State the choice for you at this stage? We spoke about a week ago, and you were still kind of eyeing up that September birthday for an announcement. What was the motivation to get this done right now? Um, I've always felt really comfortable at Penn State ever since my first time being there. Um, you know, they treated me like a priority. They've always stayed in contact with me, even through the um, COVID stuff, you know, they, they stayed in contact with me regularly. And, um, I feel so comfortable with the coaching staff, even coach Doublefield, him coming in from Miami. Um, 
we built we built a strong relationship in the short time that he's been there. And um, on a Zoom call with the coaching staff a couple nights before I committed, I just I felt like it was the right time. I I knew everything about the university that I needed to know, and they were going to take care of me um, on and off the field. So I just felt like it was the right time. Give us some insight into what a Zoom call looks like these days for, for a recruit of your stature. When you're on that call a, a few days ago and you said it feels right, who who is on there with you? Um, it was basically the whole coaching staff. It was um, – I know the whole offensive side of the ball was on there. Coach Smith was on there as well. Um, a couple of the recruiting um, coordinators were on there. And then um, – they just really compared a couple of universities to themselves and a lot of different categories and Penn state won in all those categories. And it was from various websites. Um, so I knew the data was correct. And then me and my family just made the decision. Did you make the decision on that zoom call or did you let things digest and then you followed up? Yeah. I told the coaching staff at the end of the zoom call, I asked them if they would, how they would feel if I was their first 2022 commit. And I'm assuming they <laughs> responded emphatically excited about that. Oh, yeah. Taylor Stubblefield is a guy that Penn State fans are still trying to, to figure out because he's one of the new guys on campus here coming in from Miami. You are a, a big addition for him and a, a big recruitment win that he was a part of. How did he, coming in about a year into your Penn State recruitment almost, how did he help Penn State get this thing to the finish line? Yeah, he just really... He kind of took over my recruitment once he got there, just so we could build the relationship that we needed to have. But I talk to him probably three times a week. Um, I get on the phone with him. We talk about how my football is going, how my baseball was going over the summer. And um, we talked about other things other than sports, too. He likes to golf. He tells me how good he is at golf all the time. But, um, yeah, him just really coming in and taking over my recruitment helped us build a stronger relationship and me get to know him, him get to know me. And, um, yeah, it just really kicked off from that. Penn State picks up a, a wide receivers coach that still leads all-time Big Ten players in receptions from his days in a Purdue uniform. I know you had a lot of respect for Jared Parker, who had the receivers job before at Penn State. Uh, he recruited you at West Virginia. Um, but but when you've got a, a guy who comes into Penn State and Stubblefield who has that kind of track record as a college player, how does that add to putting weight in his words? Yeah, it just shows that he knows what he's doing and how he um, that he knows how to play the position, specifically the slot position. So he knows how I move, how to use my speed, um, how to set up defenders, stuff like that. So he, he really knows what to do when it comes to the position. Back in February and March of 2019, probably feels like a long time ago for you, Michigan State, Penn State really start off your recruitment. It builds out from there. Um, at that stage, um, you already sounded like you were getting good vibes from Penn State. Did, mm -hmm. did they stay consistent over the course of those basically a year and a half? Or was there any time where you had to wonder, you know, is Penn State taking this seriously? Or, or was it just day in, day out for 16, 17 months that, that they were working on it? No, it was pretty consistent. Coach Smith got in contact, or my history coach, not my history coach, my history teacher got in contact with Coach Smith and told him about me. And then um, that that really set it off. He got in contact with my coach. Then I went up for a visit. And then when I got the offer, 
they just stayed consistent, consistent, kept talking to me. So it just really made me feel wanted by them. Uh, that's not something I've heard often. A, a history teacher reaching out to to a yeah. guy. Do they have some history among themselves? Yeah, they're they're pretty good friends. I forget where um, my teacher told me they met, but they they still stay in contact. Okay, um, so an assist from uh, from the history teacher helps lead to, to this. And 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 Caden joining the class first. That's usually going to come with some leadership responsibilities and the expectation uh-huh. that you're going to get to work as a peer recruiter. Um, how quickly is that something that you embraced? And, and is that something that the, the coaching staff at Penn State discussed with you? Yeah, I've embraced it really quickly. I'm already starting to um, hit up a couple of guys. Coaching staff sent over a list of names that I need to get on. So I've been I've been trying to do my best to reach out to all of them. Darius Clemens is another wide receiver in the 2022 class, and, and he's been on the Penn State radar for a while. He keeps you know, mentioning Penn State as a school that he likes, and, and that is significant because he plays high school ball all the way out in Oregon, a bit out of the, the region. Um, but he responded pretty quickly to your commitment. I saw you quote tweeted him. You seem to be in correspondence. Is he a guy that, among others, that you're working on? Yeah, for sure. Me and Darius talk almost every day. Um, we call it, we time each other just to chop it up a little bit but um he's originally from michigan so he's from the midwest area so he knows what it's like over here so um yeah i'm, I'm trying to get on him to come join me how did you guys actually meet up at a showcase event a camp something like that i'm pretty sure we just met over twitter okay. and then um i got him on snapchat and then i got his number and then we started facetiming each other that's about all we have right now for building relationships yeah. Um, and, and, and what, what are some of the other early names that you feel like we need to be aware of? Probably names that we've been discussing, but who are some of the early priorities for you as, as you get underway and, and trying to build out the 2022 class? I'm try- I reached out to Jabron Payne, running back from LaSalle. Um, us being Ohio guys, I'm trying to get another Ohio guy there with me. Um, but another running back, Katron Allen from IMG. The coaching staff is really high on him. They told me to reach out to him. A couple quarterbacks that I reached out to was A.J. Duffy, um, Ty Simpson, and I'm not sure how you say his first name. B.O. Perbula? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, Bo Perbula, the, the Pennsylvania quarterback. From New York. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. So I reached, I reached out to all those guys, um, introduced myself, and then we just talked a little bit. But those are some of the guys I reached out to so far. As a guy who's going to go you know, fetch the football from a quarterback, uh, how important is it that Penn State gets that position right in the 2022 cycle? And how much is, is that going to be something you're concerning yourself about as a recruiter? Um, it, it plays a big part. Um, so I'm really going to try and recruit a quarterback that I feel, coaching staff, staff feels that um, they want the most and that is going to provide me the best opportunity to showcase what I can do. But um, the 2021 commit quarterback, Christian, he's really good as well. So um, if we end up not getting the quarterback that they want, I mean, it doesn't really matter because Christian is um, a solid player as well. Christian, uh, I know he was very involved with 2021 receivers and and, and recruiting them. Is he a guy that you heard from um, over the course of your recruitment, especially recently as the decision was getting close? Yeah, I heard from a couple of 2021 commits. Um, Christian hit me up. Liam Clifford did as well. And then Jalen Reed. 
I, I talked to Jalen the most out of all of them, though. What was essentially the main message from that group about starting off the 2022 class? Um, they, they just told me that um, I should be different. And then um, basically just how much, how much they love it there, how much the coaching staff cares about them. And then one day I was like, Jalen, I think I'm about to do it. And then he was like, do it, little bro. So, I mean, I did it. And now I feel happy about it. Now it's time, it's time for me to start recruiting. And, and was Veyu selling you a vision on what the passing game can look like down the road? We haven't talked about that yet, but I'm sure I'll, I'll get to that with him eventually. Sure, sure. You are from the Buckeyes neighborhood. It's something that has mm-hmm. been discussed about before. Um, you wearing Penn State gear around there for the next couple of years, uh, eventually coming home as a Penn State football player. Is it something that, that is going to lead to some awkward conversations among family and friends? Um, I don't think it'll it'll bring up awkward conversations with family and friends. Um, basically, all my family said I need to go where I want to go and I feel comfortable, and they support that. So, if I didn't go to Ohio State, then they'd be okay with that, and they'd cheer me on wherever I go. But um, yeah, really, it's it's about my decision and where I want to go. So, if they can't respect that, then you know. I can't do anything about it, to be honest. Ohio State not offered to this point. When you get a chance to, to play the Buckeyes in, in a Penn State uniform, maybe a Big Ten title is on the line in that game. Maybe college football playoff is on the line in that game. Who knows? But I'd have to imagine that's going to mean a significant amount to you personally to, to be uh-huh. able to play against Ohio State, knowing that as the local kid, that offer never materialized. Yeah, it is, it is going to mean a lot to me. Um, I can't wait for those games. I talk to CJ Hicks about it all the time and how um, I'm going to try and tear their defense up for four years. So I can't wait. Your role uh, projected in the slot. You talked about Taylor Stubblefield's history there. KJ Hamler, very successful couple seasons uh, with Penn State in that slot. He's moving on, but he's a name that came up quite a bit during your recruitment. Isn't that right? As Penn State laid out your potential role. Yeah, they they compared me to KJ. Yeah, but what was that kind of comparison uh, going into some detail about why they brought that name up within your recruitment? Just how he can um, explode, like his speed and agility, his quickness, how he can take the top off of defense. They they said I can do that as well, um, as seen on my film, and um, they said that's really how they would use me if I were to go there. So I'm excited to see. Um, if that's true and how they'll use me compared to KJ. We also saw KJ on, on punt returns, on kickoff returns. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to factor in, in both of those as well, you anticipate? Yeah, I think so. We haven't talked about that yet, but with my speed, I'm pretty sure I'll get on kickoff and punt returns. If we could focus in on baseball for just a minute or two, it's, I know it's another passion for you. Early on in your recruitment, you had mentioned really wanting to do your diligence and exploring the opportunity of playing both sports at the college level. Last week, though, you had mentioned it's not as easy as you once had thought it maybe could be. Where do you uh-huh. stand right now? Are you leaning one way or the other? Have you made a decision one way or the other about what you want to do with, with baseball at the next level? Yeah, um, I'm going to focus on football at the next level. I'm going to play one more year of um, summer baseball because it's my last summer um, playing with my team. But 
after that, then it's strictly football because I'm going to be enrolling early. So I won't even have a senior spring baseball season, but a couple schools told me I could do both sports. Um, I, I talked to Penn state about it, Penn state baseball coaches about it. Um, last year, I think, but I haven't been in contact with their baseball coaches since. Which schools confirmed that, that it would be, uh, the door would be open for that. Um, Indiana was the first school that said the door would be open. And then Notre Dame towards the end of, um, summer baseball. How, how difficult would it be for you, Caden, or will it be for you to, to step away from baseball? Is that just kind of a sacrifice you're willing to make because of how you feel about football? Yeah, I'm willing to make that sacrifice just because of how much I love the game of football and um, where it could take me. And um, I, th- I feel like my ceiling is higher in football for sure. And then focusing in on football, you, you mentioned last week that we can expect to see an upgraded Caden Saunders on, on tape this fall if you get a chance to play some football. What, what have you been working on and, and how would you kind of assess your progress at the receiver position? Yeah, I'm faster than I've ever been. Um, my trainer, Eric Lichter, he used to be the strength and conditioning coach at Ohio State when Jim Trestle was there. So he knows, he knows this stuff. Um, he's been getting me really explosive. Um, breaking down easier. My routes are better. Um, I feel like I've gotten bigger and stronger for sure. So I'm excited to see what I can put on film this year. And now that you're wearing the Penn State hat, what would you say if you're laying out the vision for between now and, and December 2021 when the class actually signs and you'll be nearing enrollment, what is the mission for the 2022 Penn State recruiting class? What do you want to see come from this group? Really, I want to be top 10 in the nation, at least top 10 in the nation with our recruiting class. Um, because then if, if we have a top 10 recruiting class, um, we're set up really well to um, perform well in college. And last question for you, Caden. We are expecting a Penn State related commitment on Tuesday night. Jerry Cross out of Milwaukee, a top 10 tight end, a four star prospect, is set to announce his decision. Sure, looks like it's going to be the Nittany Lions. Have you been in communication with Cross, and and what would his addition so quickly following up yours mean for the 2022 class? I tried to um, get in contact with him, but he never answered. But another commitment for our 2022 class would be great. Started started off with a bang, back to back. All right, well, we'll stay tuned for that. We'll stay tuned for what's next in your career. Thank you very much for the time. Congratulations on your commitment. And I'm assuming we'll be speaking uh, quite a bit in the next year and a half before you get to campus. Yep, thanks for having me. Now that we have a better feel for who Caden Saunders is and what he brings to the Penn State recruiting class, it may not take long for him to have some company there. As we said, Jerry Cross, a player who very nearly committed less than two weeks ago, is now ready to step up and announce his decision. That's coming 7 Eastern time on on Tuesday, from what we understand. So if the commitment does come through, you can expect a full breakdown on the next episode. And of course, as it breaks up on lines247.com. For now, Sean, crystal ball picks are in from you and myself and others. Uh, this is one that once you set that decision, uh, kind of just felt like it was an extension of the thought process that led him to almost commit to Penn State about 10 days ago. Yeah, that was a surprise at the time. Uh, since then, they've sort of been able to build out a relationship from there. And that's uh, it's interesting because you talk about how this thing got started and, and Penn State offered, obviously, Wisconsin was 
an offer that he had before this. And these two schools are the ones that we expect him to choose from. Um, but, uh, you know, Tyler Bowen, Ty Howe, the offensive analyst, have been recruiting him. I, I wouldn't say that they've gone extra or done anything that's, you know, out of the ordinary in terms of recruiting him, but he felt like they've developed a, a very good relationship and he was set to announce. And, you know, when that happens, uh, you, you kind of you need to know that it's coming. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't know really how else to say it because it's a. It's kind of a funny thing that just pops up and you know took them by surprise. And when you talk about pumping the brakes, it's not that uh, hey hey we don't want you. It's really not that simple. It's you know hey we we got to talk to the people around you. We've got to talk to uh, you know you have to talk to our head coach. That seems like a prerequisite here, which is you know surprising to some. But uh, it's uh, it was just a really interesting situation where. He was ready to go and Penn State was just kind of like, okay, you know, just hold off for a second. We'll, you know, we'll make this thing work. And what they've discovered since then has been, you know, this is a, a really driven kid, a hardworking kid. They, they've talked to his uh, family around him. They've talked to uh, his mother, grandfather, uh, just kind of sort of, uh, you know, I don't know, build a foundation after the relationship was started. I don't know if that makes any sense or not, but it's it's just been funny to watch happen. And, you know, he seems pretty well dialed in. Is it a recruitment that, that I see or a commitment that I see being the strongest throughout the process? I mean, you, you can make an argument otherwise because we've seen this, this happen before. So, um, you know, I think the pick is Penn State, but this is a guy that if you, you know, you really want, and it seems like they really do want him, you're going to have to stick after him when those visits are available to him. This is not a guy that's visited a lot of schools. This is not a guy that's really been out and about to see everything that, that is, uh, you know, potentially there for him, but he seems to like Penn State. He hasn't even seen Penn State, but uh, <laughs> it's it's just a, an interesting situation because you, it's the complete opposite of what we saw with Caden Saunders. And we covered that at the end of the, the first segment. It's just uh, so different in this situation. But uh, hey, man, uh, Penn State's going to pull in a, a four-star tight end. I think that tight end brand has spoken to him. I think the the play of Pat Fryermuth and the guys around him over the last couple of years have spoken to them. And you know, this is kind of what you expected in the 2021 class with some of those guys that that were out of the region that eventually never got to visit. Well, you roll that over to 2022. I, I wouldn't say that not having a 2021 tight end on the, on the board right now, um, you know, has hurt Penn State. So, I mean, this is uh, this is a, a good step forward, albeit a surprising one over, over the last couple of weeks. Three months ago, Penn State fans were, were waiting to see if maybe Maliki Matavao, a four-star tight end out of Nevada, would commit to Penn State without ever visiting. That didn't materialize. He ends up in the Pac-12. But here you go, Jerry Cross, no visits, a top 10 tight end in his class. And at six foot six, 220 pounds, uh, with a litany of, of, of offers from the Big Ten and beyond. Yeah, if you're Penn State and this kid gets a chance to go out in the camp circuit early next year and he's committed to you, I don't know if he'll be playing high school football this fall or, or what things are going to look like in Wisconsin. But yeah, you're going to be holding your breath, right? I mean, he's going to go out there and he puts on a show for everybody. You're going to wonder, you know, I mean, you, you want to be proud. You want to see your prospect and your commit out there, you know, showing that he's one of the better pro prospects in the country at his position and, and what he's going to bring. And you want him to attract other talent to your recruiting class. But you certainly uh, understand if you're the Penn State staff and you're accepting this commitment without the uh, without the visit in place that this is going to be an unconventional recruitment. Um, you would know better than I. I, I. I don't know if Penn State, aside from some of those guys who – who followed Franklin from Vanderbilt and already had very strong established roots with the coaching staff in 2014 in that class, 
Have you ever seen a player commit to Penn State who has not visited first? I know someone maybe mentioned late in the cycle at some point, another class. But to me, this is such a proactive commitment in that spot that it really stands out. Yeah, I mean, you you had those guys that followed Franklin. You mentioned Christian Campbell and Torrance Brown and, and some of those guys that, you know, eventually would take their officials for like the blue-white game that year. But, I mean, uh, obviously this is not something that uh, that is commonplace, especially at Penn State when you talk about how valuable – on-campus visits are. I mean, you look at the, even looking at the the 2021 class at Penn State, I mean, all those guys, they've been on campus. So many of them multiple times. So it's, uh, uh, it, it's something that we've seen in this cycle more than ever, of course. Uh, but, uh, you know, ble- bleeding over to the next cycle that you, you don't know when you're going to be able to get back on campus and see these, th- these guys again. You don't know if you're going to be able to play your junior year of football. So that might, uh, you know, impact some guys' decision making and might impact some schools' decision making in terms of uh, keeping offers open to guys. Jerry Cross, I don't think it was a guy that was in danger of, of having his uh, scholarship pulled or anything like that. So I'm not sure that he followed into that category. But at the same time, some guys don't want to take the risk. So we will see what happens. I mean, you, you, you got uh, a chance to talk to the kid about uh, what a commitment means when you're talking about Penn State. I mean, like I said, the Penn State's been fairly solid in its 2021 class. So and there's a reason for that. This is a reason that they approach commitments this way. It's a reason that they, you know, lay out the expectations. And you're going to do that for a 2022 kid, even if he hasn't been to your campus, even if he hasn't been to, to many other campuses. So um, be really uh fascinating to see how this one plays out. Like I said, I I can't, you know, I wouldn't be able to look at you in the eye and say that this is not one that we would be looking at down the road as a guy that potentially could take visits elsewhere. But at the same time, I mean, he seems sold on what Penn State has to offer, um, you know, just uh, from what he's seen online, from what he's seen from from the coaching staff. And, you know, it seems to to have struck a chord with him. Uh, This is a kid, Jerry Cross, uh, who committing on Tuesday, again, 7 p.m. Eastern time. So if you hear this podcast after that, Penn State may already have those two commitments. And if they do, it's a solid start. You got a four-star tight end, a four-star wide receiver uh, for a new offensive coordinator uh, and a staff with a new receivers coach. Uh, That's a good, good beginning to what you've got cooking for 2022. By the way, Cross primarily playing a wide out position role. Um, for his high school squad, even at six foot six, two hundred twenty pounds, one of those athletes you line up on the outside at high school, uh, kind of a similar transition awaiting him ultimately, like we saw from Zach Coons, Brenton Strange, guys who got a lot of wide wide receiver work in high school who move in to become more of a traditional uh, tight end at Penn State, and, and that room continues to add talent. We'll see what they do in twenty twenty one, but it looks like they may nab a good one early in twenty twenty two, and then do their best to hang on. Uh, turning our attention now to the five-star mailbag, and trust me, we'll have a lot more on Jerry Cross when a decision comes through on Tuesday up on Lions247.com and on our follow-up episode later in the week. But we're going to turn now to questions from the audience, Sean, and uh, we'll get to a couple today. And the first one uh, focuses in on the passing attack and, and its role on the recruiting trail. It says, does Penn State need to land some five-star receivers to get a five-star quarterback or a five-star quarterback? to get the five-star receivers? Or is it just a matter of on-field production for the current team and, and carrying that weight in the recruiting trail? Uh, you know, I'm going to go with the last point first. I think that that's going to really dictate everything else. I mean, you've got a chicken and egg scenario here, which is a little bit more clear than, uh, you know, 
the actual chicken or egg scenario, I guess. Um, but yes, it, it's a matter of on-field production. It's a matter of uh, being able to sell that on-field production. Uh, you know, we've seen uh, situations where offenses explode. I mean, we saw it for Penn State in the 2016 uh, season. And, you know, all of a sudden Penn State was a sort of a destination for some skill players. And, you know, the quarterback situation was what it was. Obviously, Justin Fields was committed there for a while. So there was a lot of appeal for um, prospects of that nature. When you're comparing, uh, is it the quarterback that brings in the receivers? Is it the receivers that brings in the quarterback? I think it's pretty pretty obvious that the quarterback is a guy that you can help grow around. Um, you look at what Oklahoma has done with with Caleb Williams, and they've put together that uh, that class this year. I mean, you've seen that at certain spots over the last couple of years. So you bring in a quarterback, not saying he's going to bring whoever he wants in, not going to say whoever you know he's not going to be a pied piper of sorts for everyone, but when you bring in that quarterback, when you're able to sell that you've got the guy that you think is your guy for the future, um, he should be uh, magnetic. He should be a guy that, uh, you know, receivers flock to for, you know, on, you know, even just on Twitter, if you just follow them and see if you can get some, some pointers or some, some, you know, some juice from him. So um, I think that it's going to be the quarterback that, that, that kind of dictates if you go this direction, it's going to be the quarterback that di- dictates the success of the receivers in the cycle. And it's going to be the quarterback that eventually dictates the success of the receivers on the field. So this is something I was talking about, uh, you know, even even going back to like, uh, you know, Christian Hackenberg, uh, when he was going through his recruitment, uh, you looked at the two things that they were looking for is could you surround him with uh, the talent on the outside to, to make the plays and the guys up front to protect him, uh, you know kind of hit and miss in that direction for the for the latter part. But um, you look at what they were able to go out. They went out and got uh, a year later DeAndre Tompkins and, and Chris Godwin and and those guys and sort of produced. And, you know, it didn't produce for Hackenberg, but it ended up producing for Penn State in the sense that this is these are guys that they really like. Deshaun Hamilton was in there as well, Mike Kosicki. Um, so, you know, you, you bring in the, the marquee guy, you bring in the quarterback that's going to sort of uh, catch the headlines and you can – I don't know if attach yourself to that guy is probably the right word to say, but you attach yourself to the program that is, has that buzz because of that quarterback. And I think that that's, I, I don't think we've ever seen a quarterback, a, a you know, a five-star quarterback, a top 50, top 75 quarterback say, Hey, I committed here because these receivers are also in place, but you do see the opposite of that. You see the receivers that uh, have flocked to, to certain schools because of the quarterback. I completely agree with you and, and, and how that interaction works out between quarterbacks and wide receivers in the recruiting trail. I do remember Christian Hackenberg, uh, helping, you know, lead towards some of those commits because guys were, you know, they, they felt like not only was he the recent five star, he was, you know, the, the big time franchise quarterback in the making. I remember Mike Kosicki, Jawan Johnson, both of those guys out of South Jersey where I was covering uh, extra hard uh, years back. Both of them mentioning the ability to, to team up with Hackenberg for a year or two um, at the next level and, and work with him. We'll see. I mean, I mean, just to have these guys, a quarterback, uh, the presence at some of these showcase events like the opening, things that aren't happening here in 2020 but normally would happen. You know, the, the time that Sean Clifford, extra time that he got to spend with K.J. Hamler at some of those events, uh, you know, beyond the Elite 11 finals and the opening finals, at, in Oregon, I remember those two, you know, really, you know, building on that chemistry and, 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 and Sean really, you know, openly recruiting him in front of everybody, trying to get him on board with Penn State. So I, I think the quarterbacks do lead the way. And I think, um, the way to lead the quarterback to Penn State's class is to put out the, the proof on the football field. Uh, ideally this fall, you'd be able to do that with a new offensive coordinator. 
um, showcase what you've got going in the passing game, how it looks a little bit different, how it looks evolved from what it has been of late. Um, and I think ultimately that's how you then bring that quarterback in. Maybe you bring in a, a big time transfer because that seems to be the way that, that teams are acquiring their starting quarterbacks these days. I don't know how that's going to work, but in terms of the traditional high school prospects, there are a few things you can get, uh, really nothing you can get like a confident quarterback who is willing to help you build a class. If you can get him early in the cycle, goes a long way, alleviates the staff in, in, in some certain capacities and the ability to to get guys on campus for visits and do everything like that. So, yeah, quarterback recruiting, very important. Christian Veyu doing his best to do that right now. Uh, but, you know, whether you like it or not, he doesn't have that five-star label. He, he isn't up there with, with a name like Caleb Williams right now when he's talking to other recruits, but a guy who's certainly trying to sell the vision for the Nittany Lions future. Uh, the second question here, Sean, will address and, and it. And it is, it, no, the, the, the second question, the second question in his first question isn't a matter of on-field production. I, I think that that's above those other two. And that's something that you look to because that's going to bring in the quarterback that's going to get them, you know, that's that's really going to be the appeal for those guys. So I think that that's above the pull of the peer recruiting of the, the the quarterback because really you're all there for that offense. You're all there for for the production that you think is going to come from that offense. So I think that that's the biggest thing that Penn State can do. We saw a bump for it when Moorhead got here. Um, you could see a bump for it when Shiraka got here. Minnesota, by the way, a four-star quarterback commitment in the 2021 class so that's obviously you know it's a, it's a positive thing so i think that that's going to be the biggest thing is putting putting those quarterbacks in the position to have confidence in your offense and that's can sort of bleed through to other positions as well so two-part question for our one mailbag entry and we'll get to more later in the week um, we do appreciate uh, that question we appreciate Caden saunders time Sean, anything else to add here before we, uh, I guess, get the popcorn ready for a 7 p.m. announcement coming our way from Milwaukee? No, that should be it. I know you've got to get off here and talk to Saunders. Uh, but, uh, yeah, good start for Penn State on the 2022 trail. Um, can see some more stuff happening uh, even without visits and things like that. I mean, it's it's very possible. And, by the way, we jinxed Miami uh, last week. I saw, <laughs> uh, you know, between the time that we recorded, because we recorded a day early because uh, you were going out of town, uh, Miami – did pick up their first 2022 commitment. And by the time we published, we look like idiots. So, I mean, more so than usual. So uh, congratulations to Miami. You're welcome, Miami, for the jinx. And uh, now all of a sudden they're on board in the 2022 class. They're officially on decommitment wash now for the 2022 cycle. So we'll stay tuned with the Hurricanes. Stay tuned with us on lines247.com Tuesday night. If that commitment comes through, you'll learn a lot more about Jerry Cross by visiting the site. We'll talk about it in episode two this week and plenty more on the Penn State recruiting trail. What's going on with the team as they move toward practice. Uh, For now, stepping aside, drop your five-star Apple podcast rating and review. Get your five-star mailbag question in that way. And uh, stay tuned for the next episode of the Lions 24-7 podcast.